On this Aviation Special, we're coming to you live from Crestron Masters 2021. We sit down with a number of programmers and integrators talking about the commercial applications of Crestron's brand new announcements. All that and more next on this Aviation Special. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is an Aviation special live from Crestron Masters 2021 commercial applications. This Tom Albright with an Aviation special coming to you basically live from Crestron Masters 2021 with me uh, right now to talk about the commercial side of what we've learned uh, after today's keynote. First and foremost, our buddy Mr. Brad Hensey from Crestron Electronics. Welcome, sir. Thank you, sir. Good to see you. Also with us is Rebecca Criswell. Rebecca is from AVISPL. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Also with us is Tony Carafa. Tony is from Amplified Design out in LA. Hi, Tim. Glad to be here. And last but not least, uh, normally Andy would be on the other side of the state from me. I'm in New Jersey, which is kind of cool. But uh, Andy uh, Jones from uh, Kansas City uh, with Fish Tech Group. Welcome, sir. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so, Brad, we'll start with you on this. When it, when it comes to a, a number of... Um, you know, technology companies that you had in the keynote uh, address for everybody from, from you know, um, Microsoft, Samsung, um, T, uh, Zoom. Um, when you look at, at what you guys kind of unveiled today, you know, there's a lot of, of things in there for the enterprise, right? For the, for the folks mm-hmm. in, in the IT departments. What do you want the biggest takeaway to be from, from today's keynote and, and these announcements today? Well, I think the the biggest thing is there's so much opportunity ahead for our industry as we embrace this hybrid working model. Uh, We can't go back to the way things were pre-pandemic. We've learned a lot working through the the pandemic, going to our homes, working from our homes, working primarily on our laptops, learning what that is like. Um, We should retain some of those good things that we've learned and and bring those into the, the future. One of those things that, you know, Ilya and I from Microsoft spoke about was the importance and the value of having a dedicated secondary device that we use for our video conferencing is such a great way to unshackle us from our laptops, give us more flexibility and freedom in our conversations. Um, and make it so much easier to, to get our work done. And so we have our, our team's phones, but people do it on their mobile phone. They do it on a, a tablet, you know, those kinds of things. So I think those are little elements of enabling the hybrid work uh, opportunity that we're excited about. Uh, so that's just one of them. I, I think there are several others that we could, I'm sure those on this call um, have been thinking about as well. Yeah, absolutely. Those dedicated devices. Uh, Andy, talk for a second uh, internally there at Fish Tech. It, it, some of the things that you guys were able to do as we're coming out of, of uh, out of COVID, basically post COVID. You know, you know, when we finally eventually get there. You know, what you guys are doing um, to kind of you know, use Crestron to support that that hybrid model. Yeah. So you know, I think we were actually ahead of the curve and not knowing it because we were already kind of a hybrid workspace. You know, about half of our workforce was already in other states. So when we set up our offices originally, we had a lot of dedicated Zoom rooms. And then we also have rooms that are uh, Mercury's and they're set up in a fashion that you can take any platform into the room. Um, But the one thing we did have to do 
in that pivot of bringing everybody back is that we had to remove some chairs from from some of our offices because the employees that came back not all of them were comfortable going right into a conference room with 12 people right on top of each other and that posed a challenge because you know we still have board meetings that need 12 plus people so you know one of the things what we did was we took our ebc space and we actually converted it into a makeshift conference room and i was able to easily take a crestron flex device and uh, set up a screen in there and and just kind of create this ad hoc conference room where people are still six feet apart but i can have 12 14 people in there uh, Rebecca, we'll start with you on this. Uh, what what are you hearing uh, from your customers, the folks that are that are actually you know actively making these plans? We're recording this th- towards the end of April. Uh, depending on on where you are, uh, at least in the U.S. and obviously depending on where you are in the world, will kind of dictate you know your company and your regions you know back to work. What are you hearing from from your clients as they're doing this work for now? trying to get uh, their employees back to work. What are you hearing back from them as far as, you know, what that hybrid workspace looks like for them? Well, I think it's a little bit, you know, what um, Andrew was talking about is they definitely want them back, um, but it's not everybody's comfortable. So we've got to bring them back and then make it as easy as possible for them not to touch things. I mean, everybody wants to go touchless. We, you know, um, we've got to plan around the sanitation schedule. We've got to plan around our spaces. Um, if there is a device that goes down, we need to be able to fix it without actually going in the room because we have to social distance and we don't want to touch. So they're all anxious. You know, my schools want to get back together and have kids on campus because that's money for them. You know, um, I think that that's a big thing that we're seeing is um, people coming back. Uh, There's the new norm. They want them there because I think a lot of them have said that they want people to be able to talk and collaborate and be a bonding. You know, we've all gotten used to these screens here, and it's just not the same. And so they need the people to come back to be creative again. And not only that, Let's face it, some people aren't really good at working from home, and they know that. I mean, they know that they're out doing the laundry. Um, you know, my neighbor here mows his lawn. I don't know how he's still employed after what I'm watching him do. And so, you know. Don't, don't And don't tell people where he works either, Rebecca. Just, I, I won't. I won't. <laughs> so I, I see that. Um, and, but, you know, the technology is great. It has made... It's made it better for all of us for those exact same reasons is that we don't have to go in to fix it. We can convince them that, you know, we don't have to hold microphones. We don't have to hold a remote anymore. We're touchless. It's an app. You know, I can do a Teams meeting. I can do a Zoom meeting, you know, and I can do it from my car. I can do it from the bedroom. I can do it from the office. Tony, talk for a second about uh, Tony. Uh, Amplified Design is, is a CSP, a Crestron certified um, um, service provider. Years ago, it used to be called Capes. That's a whole other uh, kettle of fish. Um, independent programmers, though, talk for a second about something that Rebecca said about you know getting us to and getting the workforce to that touchless, that automation. That is kind of the power of the programmer, right? Being able to anticipate and work with the clients to see, hey, you know, when you touch this button. 
all of these things happen or when you walk into a space and they're able to detect you know you're, you're here because you scheduled this room so x y and z can happen talk for a second about how folks that you know in other csps can help you know us as as the workforce get back into it safely by providing some of these you know these automation tools yeah tim there's a lot of elements to that you know we talk about programming as, and that's that's one of them that's one component that we can provide with different you know uh devices in the room mainly occupancy sensors and, and and devices like that to automate room operations but there's a lot that's built in to some of the native crestron hardware uh into the flex uh hardware and these purpose-built devices that offer some some of these same um features uh without without programming required. And, and that's kind of what's interesting is, is where I'm positioned as a CSP, you know, we're, we're programmers, but the demand that I've had uh, for my company for flex systems, for, for designing them, for implementing them has, has, been, has been huge. And we've got a lot of business by working as a subject matter experts for our customers and helping them determine how they want to roll out their UC environment, how they want to build out their conference rooms, how they want to augment their huddle spaces. Um, and there's just a lot that can be done with native hardware and then augmented by programming. So there's a, there's a lot that we offer there. Well, and Brad, talk about that for a second because you know, we, we mentioned this, uh, you and I were on the, on the fireside chat after the keynote about the fact that the Crestron is, you know, they, you guys have been known for control, but your, your innovation over the last 20, 30 years has really got, given you the opportunity to kind of even, you know, become beyond that, beyond just control. Talk about the power of, of embedding some of those automation tools into your hardware, like Tony says, that where you don't have to have the programming required. Well, yeah, I think one of the things that, um, you know, the evolution of our, our industry is moving into faster, easier, more reliable deployments. And so when you can build in some of those control capabilities into the product, you simplify some of the configuration of that, then you can go and, and deploy more of these systems at scale. You know, you and you know some of the things like with XIO Cloud, where uh, you're able to templatize some of those deployments and, and do them much more quickly. That's part of you know bringing more and more of the sophistication and capabilities across all of these other devices, because our our customers expect really great experiences, expect all these things to work together. And so by adding these capabilities across all of the different product lines, it's easier for us to bring it to life and, and make that happen, of course. Andy, one of the things that, that was touched on a number of times in the, in the keynote was the, the, the agnostic flexibility um, of, of the technology that Creston um, introducing. How important is, is that flexibility in making sure that the, the, you, the things that you guys are putting in place is platform agnostic? Um, well, again, you know, it's very important because we have clients all over the nation that prefer one certain platform and some of their policies in their companies say, you know, we can only hold meetings with this particular platform. And if I provide, if we provided only one platform to our, uh, to our users, you know, that may keep us from getting business. Um, so I like to have it set up to where the, it's not designated, you know, they can choose which platform they need to be using. Rebecca, when you start talking to clients about, about this very thing, about making sure that, that several different codecs or several different pieces of software can be used, uh, you can use the same, the same kind of hardware, 
why do they think that that flexibility, why do they feel that flexibility is important to them and to their, their workspace? Well, I think because uh, some of the things, it's, it's the IT support that has to support that behind them. So they have to be familiar with it. And being able to have that flexibility um, is that part, and then just rolling it out. I mean, the deployment of this is, it's got to be super easy. All right, Tony, last question about, about this whole agnostic thing is, is when you go into a, a system like this, you go into a, a client site, you know, when you look at, you know, either when you're programming it and, 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 or deploying it, you know, when you start troubleshooting and, and start looking at the various types of, of, of platforms, you know, how is it that you're able to say, you know what, at the end of the day, when I sign off on this, I'm 90%, 99% sure that, that we're going to get that agnostic connectivity. Is it, is it the, the fact that the hardware is, is consistent and the hardware is able to kind of speak several different languages or is it something else? Well, I mean, that's always a challenge is, is being able to accommodate all the different users. And, and it really starts with kind of the, the, the client management with the customer and getting a sense of, you know, what is your business? Who is your who are your uh, employees? Um, uh, who's using the space and how are they using the space? And then kind of getting an understanding of uh, what we need to support in those spaces and, and also kind of like what their what their vision is, what their roadmap is, because a lot of companies are transitioning to teams, for example. And so. Uh, but, you know, they've got the stragglers that, well, we still need to join a WebEx meeting and we still need to support BYOD. So how do we support that? And then obviously between, you know, Mac and PC and how all those things fit together. So, you know, it's never going to be perfect, but you, you got to shoot for that like 90 percent. You know, like what is 90 percent of this use case? What, who, are, who are the people using the room the most and what are they doing? Let's make sure that's rock solid and then we'll see how we can that, how we can accommodate uh, the other requests outside of that and kind of just build in that direction and design in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Brad, you guys are involving uh, the, the NVX pro, uh, platform. DMNAX uh, is, a, is an audio uh, platform, audio distribution that also incorporates a lot of streaming uh, capabilities. Talk for a second about what you guys were, were kind of envisioning. Obviously, you've, you've got to play here when it comes to residential, but in light commercial, hospitality, restaurants and stuff like that, there's also uh, certainly a, a vertical here that you guys can kind of attack. Talk for a second about you know the, the uh, business case for distributed audio in various commercial applications. Well, yeah, clearly audio is such an important component about, you know, in many of those businesses, you know, restaurants, even hotel lobbies, all those other kinds of installations. And so we wanted to deliver the audio only experience on the, the same network with our, our hardware. And so really enabling uh, a, an integrator with our, our tools today to be able to deploy um, audio and video and audio only applications was really Im important, right? And bringing all of that in um, together. Andy, let's, let's talk about just not just the, the audio portion, but the you know, AV over IP, which has been a, a fairly hot topic for roughly 10 years-ish. Um, where do you guys at, at FishTech see this kind of going when it comes to, you know, making sure that, that the network is solid, make sure that the network is up, but also that it's able to deliver these, these high quality audio and video streams? Yeah, so um, I, I do have NVX and Dante currently set up at FishTech. And, um, you know, the one thing I have learned is that that network backbone is very important to be able to carry those signals. Uh, you know, um, we use it right now for distributed audio, just like Brad mentioned, uh, you know, in our lobby and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, I guess that's all I have on that. All right, that. 
and that that works. Uh, Rebecca, what are you hearing from your clients when they're when they're giving you feedback when it comes to AV over IP over the next couple of years? They're very excited about it. Um, anything, anywhere type of thing. Um, it's just all about the bandwidth. You know, that's the network and the bandwidth is what I warn them on. Um, and we've got to do an, a, a good look over and check some balances before we start running it over the network and who's responsible and can it, you know, there are just so many different rabbit holes that you can go down on that. We've really got to make sure that we look at all very closely and make sure it's the right way to do it. Yeah. Tony, you've deployed a number of systems, both uh, secure locations and, and you know, uh, I'm going to say regular locations, and I was locations that aren't secure. Um, let's say national security aren't involved. Um, when you look at some of these deployments, what are some of the biggest hurdles that you've had to come over and uh, had to overcome, and how do you walk the client through that? Well, I mean, there's two elements of that. If we're talking about NVX, this would always be a segregated AV built uh, ne network that we build. Yeah. Um, we've never done anything on a, on a secure network that we would place NVX equipment on. You know, the, the conversation is interesting when you talk about AV over IP. It depends who you're talking to, right? If you're talking to end users or stakeholders, they love it. If you're talking to IT, they, they recoil in fear because it's just it's more for them to deal with. You know okay, what I mean? Really quickly, go down that rabbit hole because I, I, why do they? Because I've heard that before, right? They, they recoil. They say it's not, not, not on my network, right? Not in my backyard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why is that still? Well, you know, the, the IT departments, whether they're internal or they're managed service providers, they're, they're tasked with, you know, they're, they're often overloaded with what they have to take care of and they're tasked with specific things. And they're dealing with, you know, I mean, Andy can t attest to this in, in secure environments, they've got a lot to deal with. And then when you come in and you say, hey, I got to get my TV connected, they're just going, what is this? I, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to know what it is. Get it off my network. So those conversations are tricky, and we've really had to learn how to have those conversations. It's you know, it's it's speaking another language. As, as integrators, how many languages do we speak, right? So we have to know how to talk to customers and end users and IT. So learning how to speak to IT is critical. So that's one thing we've really since NVX. It's just you have to know that language and, and speak to these IT professionals and say, here's my device. Here's why it needs to go on the network. Here's what it does. Here's the deployment guide. Here's the ports. Here's the configurations. How do you want to manage it? It's your network, not mine. So you know how how can how do you want to handle this on your network? And if you approach it very gently, <laughs> you're often met with with um, some acceptance to that. And then once they get it, they they think it's great. You know, once they get what it does and how it works, and that it's not going to blow up their network and just got to give me a VLAN. I promise you it's going to be okay. I can walk you through this. Once we get to that point, then, then they're on board. So it's just that confluence of AVI and IT that we're seeing that nobody likes change. So these IT departments just, you know, IoT devices, you know, they hear this stuff and they don't want to deal with it. But it's, it's, a, it's a confluence. It's a merge that's happening. It's happening for us. We're not just AV professionals anymore. We're IT professionals. It just is what it is. So we have to learn how to play in their world, and, and they're slowly coming around to ours. And it, it, we've made a lot of progress in the last year. So that's, you know, it's all, all how you have the conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Those, keeping those ports are incredibly, incredibly important. Um, Brad, we'll talk about this for a second about you know, the XIO Cloud, some of the announcements you guys made today. Um, the all-new network-enabled uh, products, those are going to be sensors, uh, sensory providing um, devices on the network for the XIO platform. What what kind of drove that that design decision and, and, and the demand uh, for that for the cloud management and, and and giving all those sensory and giving all that all that feedback back? 
Well, as much as we'd love all the technology in a room to be Crestron only, uh, it's just, it won't, right? And you will have displays, you will have other pieces of technology that will be in a room. And uh, we wanted XIO Cloud to be able to manage and monitor and see all of those things uh, and ensure that they're all on, on the network. So naturally that pushes us into this place where we need to have a broad ecosystem of supported products. So, you know, Andy talked about Samsung. Now that Samsung is natively integrated with XIO Cloud, it's shipping in their firmware, in their commercial displays, um, that helps deliver to your you, the integrators and their customers, um, a level of comfort in choosing certain products, right? But it gives everybody visibility on what's connected, is it up and running? Um, can I reboot it? You know, all this data and information and insight around the, how that technology is functioning within a room is, is really important. So that's why we were pushing down that path, you know, and we're opening up even more ways of connecting some of those products as well. Yeah, I also want to point out something. This is not Crestron's first foray into partnering with other folks. And this is 10, 15 years ago. Um, there was a, a program that Crestron had called Crestron Inside. And it's where you could pick up an Epson projector, right, or an NEC projector at that time. And you could drop that sucker into a, 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 a Crestron Simple Windows program as a module, right, and run a network drop to the Epson projector, let's say. Um, and it was already there, right? So this is this is not, you know, Crestron, you know, doing something new. This is, You guys have been doing this for, for a number of years, working with other manufacturers, getting them on uh, into your system and on, onto your network, which I think is fascinating. Um, Andy, when it comes to the XIO Cloud, talk for a second about that deployment that you did at Fishtech and how XIO Cloud is able to help you kind of, um, you know, really uh, evolve the, the, the deployment you've done there at Fishtech and, and that evolution over the last couple of years of using XIO Cloud. Yeah, Brad hit the nail on the head there too. I mean, monitoring and alerting, you know, that's the biggest thing. If we can know before the big meeting that, you know, maybe there's an issue in the room, Maybe we can get in there and fix it, or you know, maybe we can schedule that meeting in another room. Uh, so we're always striving for that in our IT department, not just with AV. I mean, with everything within our facilities, our, our network switches, uh, you know, internet, uh, everything, uh, our servers. We have servers running. You know, we want to know up-down status of all that, and we need that notification. Um, and then the other thing I. I spoke on earlier was the security patches and firmware updates um, XIO cloud makes that simple with uh, with any Crestron device I mean I can essentially select all and say you know at two o'clock in the morning let's push this new firmware update out and and then I don't have to interrupt anybody in the conference or anybody using the, the equipment at that point in time so Rebecca when it comes to uh, you know having all of these devices that are going to be XIO enabled how does that change not only your, your design philosophy when it comes to you know, you know, putting up uh, new systems, but also how you're able to communicate that to your clients, the fact that this, these devices now will all be on this, this cloud network? Name. Yeah, it's one single platform that you know, we can monitor it, and you know, the fact that they natively monitor it. Um, I've, you know, I've done very little with XO. I've sold a lot of it, but I have the brains behind me who, who add to it. But, um, but from everything that I've heard, I know it's got to, you know, integrate natively. Does it do Crestron products and other products? You know, single platform. Those are the things that they want to know about. 
when you're working with the IT folks. Absolutely. Tony, you'll have the last word on this. How will this change from a, a programmer's uh, point of view, but also kind of a, a designer point of view in the devices that you're you know, putting your hands on every day? How does this, this move to keeping you know, everything native to XIL Cloud, how will this change kind of your, uh, your go-to you know, programming strategy when it comes to the, the, the programming architecture? Well, you know, programming is part of it, but maintenance is huge. You know, uh, XIO is kind of a no-brainer at this point that I feel like should be included in every sale uh, to a customer, an existing customer, a new customer, because that's just so much value. And, and the value add to that uh, product is huge. Um, it, it, by having that in place, we're getting asked a lot about service level agreements these days because, you know, you've got your traditional spaces, but now we're putting stuff in every huddle room, you know, everywhere. We've got scheduling panels, all these things. And, and these enterprise, these AV enterprises are, are too large to be managed by a small AT, IT, or AV department if it exists, or by, as I mentioned before, an already overwhelmed IT department. So we're being asked a lot for service level agreements, and XIO is the key to that, really, because now I can monitor everything. And, you know, I've done a ton of work in Fusion for years. I love Fusion. Andy can, he's done work with Fusion as well. You know what it's like. It exists. It's great. We still love it. But the, the UX of XIO, um, the capabilities that just are, what, that, what they demoed today, some of the things that I saw, just makes it a perfect solution for uh, any SLA, any managed services. And that's going to that's gonna be huge for us from a maintenance standpoint. So that, that's what I'm looking at. Brad, I, I do actually want to ask you one one kind of final one here. Andy and, and Tony and, and, and Rebecca, all three have have talked about this. Uh, you guys talked about it in your in your keynote. We kind of hit hit on it a little bit in in our our fireside, and that is the the IT ness, the IT move to from from, from an AV standpoint. And 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 Tony just hit there the SLAs, right? The service level agreement. Um, Talk as, as a final word here. You know what Crestron sees as, as giving, you know the the AV manu the AV dealer and also the, the end users kind of that power that IT power to make sure that they're able to kind of do this next evolution, this next uh, iteration of AV into more and more of the world of IT. Yeah, uh, I think you know Tony talked about this a little bit. <clears throat> the AV industry has been pulled into the IT industry, right? Where we were uh, standing on our own before. Now it's so deeply integrated, you really cannot separate them at all. Uh, so previously, you would have never had a tool like XIO Cloud, right? That's actually a tool that came from the IT industry that is now connecting into our AV products. And, and so that is a really great manifestation of that. The next level of that is really creating that scale and automation around deployment right and uh taking more of those it processes of being able to just push a button and have a room configured deployed and ready to go and then you have to go in and just plug in a, a product and you don't need to do anything else that that's all set those are some of the places where i think we'll see more and more advances built on platforms like like xio cloud they're integrating into other it tools like ServiceNow, right so that we we can take and do more of the the things that the IT industry has learned over the last several uh, decades of managing that IT infrastructure, adding that sophistication on top of our IT, excuse me, our AV uh, products, you know, through new workflow, workflows, more data and insights, maybe even creating our own dashboards, right, using APIs from XIO Cloud. I think that's really a huge opportunity for our uh, Crestron ecosystem. 
uh, where you might have spent a lot more time programming a Crestron product alone. Now you can take some of those skills. You can still do the programming. Now you're doing more programming in the web around these tools, dashboard, automated workflows as well. And that's a really great opportunity that I think um, we all need to kind of focus more of our energy around. Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a significant power with that. So, all right. Uh, thank you all so much, Rebecca Criswell uh, from AVISPL. Thank you. Uh, how do people connect with you or AVISPL? Well, it's um, Rebecca Criswell at AVISPL.com, and I'm located here in the Tampa Bay area in Florida. But our offices were global, so uh, AVISPL.com is our website. So um, give us a call or look us up on the web. Be glad to help you. Absolutely. Tony Carafa from Amplified Design, sir. How do people connect with you or uh, Amplified? Yeah, uh, our website is AmplifiedDesign.com. Uh, you can check us out there. Uh, we do design, programming, field commissioning services. We're in Southern California, um, but we cover anywhere you need us to go. And then we've, we've talked about this a lot where, you know, yeah, we can not only can we all work remotely, programmers can work remotely, and, and we're getting more and more to where, uh, as Rebecca said, we can actually fix these products, you know, remotely. So absolutely. Uh, Andy Jones, thank you, sir, uh, from over in FishTech and um, my neck of the woods. Uh, how do people connect with you in FishTech? Yeah, so uh, our website is fishtech.group, and uh, they can reach out directly to me at andy.jones at fishtech.group. Very good. And Brad, thank you, sir, so much uh, for having us, for, for uh, you know, uh, having us for this, this keynote and today. Uh, how do people connect with you and Crestron? Uh, Crestron.com, obviously. Uh, but you can also find me on uh, LinkedIn as uh, Brad Hintzy. And you can also email me directly, bhintzy at Crestron.com as well. Thank you all so much. Uh, for us, for Aviation, go by our website, avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, including a conversation similar to this, only with the residential side. Uh, we'll uh, bring in John Clancy and, and talk with a couple of the residential dealers as well. So all that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. 